You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything, number 226. This is the Tuesday, August 29th edition of the show. Is that right? Sure. That's, yeah. I, I that don't, sounds about when we're going to release this thing. I think it's I think it's the 28th. It's the 28th. We're coming to you semi-live on Sunday. Semi-live, yes. We are, we are at the Tunica Studios, brand new. Brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi. Yeah, Tunica the South's, Travels, right? Yeah, the South's premier gambling spot. So if you are planning on sports gambling, go to Tunica, Mississippi. They've got six different sports books. Uh, it's it's fantastic. All of them are wonderful. Go check them out, Tunica, Mississippi. On today's show, we are going over the Big 12, the Pac-12. We're giving you our college football playoff picks, and that's ranking six through one. So we're going to let you know which two got left out. Bam. And we're going to give you the guide to gambling on football. So if there are novices out there that don't gamble on football, but you want to, we're going to explain how to do that. But before we do that, let's jump into some preview. Let's jump into the Big 12 preview. I think we are ready to rock and roll. Big 12 last year had a college football participant or college football playoff participant. Oklahoma knocked it out. Baylor, uh, Baylor Mayfield. Baylor. Baker. Baker. God Baker. bless America. We're going to be on Baylor in a minute. Yeah, we're going to get to Baylor uh, <laughs> because we're starting with Baylor. That's right. Sound good? Go ahead. Let's go on and jump in. Year two for Matt Rule. Junior wide receiver uh, Denzel Mims. He is uh, a playmaker for sure. Quarterback Charlie Brewer, sophomore. He got four starts last year. Looked good. Offense gets four starters back on offensive line, two wide receivers, but everybody else is pretty new. Uh, they do have some experience, but new starters. Uh, former Tennessee running back Jalen Hurd is projected to be a starting wide receiver, and they think he's going to be a big deal. Uh, this is year two of Phil Snow's defense. It should be better. You, you saw what he was able to do at Temple. Uh, there's not a lot of depth. Health is going to be a, a major issue here. Correct. right? So let's go on and jump in. Uh, six starters back on offense, five on defense. They went 1-11 and a year ago. 
Their 2018 over-under is five and a half, and the over is minus 160. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, I mean, that's a big number. I was, a, I was expecting to – you know how much I like Matt Rule, and I was expecting – to, to bet over because I thought it was going to be a pretty low number. Well, you remember Vegas last year loved this team. I don't. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. Loved them, and and don't get me wrong, they they covered a lot of numbers. Yeah, like they did well, but but the over under was ridiculous. But last they year yeah, too. it was like what was it last year? Like five or it four? Was, or it something? was no, it was five or five and a half too. I, I mean, mean, it's just crazy, just crazy. Uh, I have Baylor at four and eight. I'll go on and throw that out. I've got them two and seven in the uh, in the league. Um. I mean, the only wins I see, I've got them beating Texas Tech. I've got them beating Kansas. I've got them winning at uh, UT San Antonio. I've got them beating Abilene Christian. And that's it. Everybody else is a loss for me. So I got them 5-7, and seven, and and where we differ is the Baylor game. I mean, uh, the uh, Duke game. And, and we yeah. talked about that last week. We night. talked about that. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, other than that, like, they play at TCU, at West Virginia, it's at Texas, schedule. at Oklahoma. Like, I don't see where the wins are coming. Yeah, it, it, I can't see them going on the road and beating anybody right now. But eventually, they're going to get there. They're going to play. They're going to be tougher this year than they were last year because yeah. that's what Matt Rule teams do. Yeah, I agree. But I think it's going to take time to build toughness from a finesse team. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, you're right. All right, so let's uh, let's jump off them. Let's jump into Iowa State. This is year three for Matt Campbell. Uh, going to give you their uh, their last year results: seven and five in 2017. Pretty big jump for them. Iowa State. Uh, they don't expect much. But uh, but they might be expecting a lot in the future because they were just a couple of games away from playing in the Big 12 championship game last year. Yeah, it worked out pretty good for them. Yeah, it sure did. Uh, 2018 over under is six and a half. Uh, the VIG on that is uh, minus 125. So they expect to go over, and I think I probably agree with them. I got them. I got them seven and five. I, I got them, them seven and five as well. Yeah, I, I got them I four and five in conference. So all five, I think that they're going to win all of their non-conference games. Now you and I, I think, so differ, differ on yeah, Iowa. We differ on Iowa, so I don't think they're going to beat Iowa. So you, you've got so. them five and four in the league. Correct. Um, who? I'm just curious. Who? Who do you have them upsetting? I don't. Because uh, I've got oh, them beating, probably West Virginia. Do you have them losing to West? Virginia? I got them losing to West Virginia, nah, but see, West Virginia I, I, does come yeah. to uh, Ames. And and West Virginia is one of those teams where I mean they. They're gonna they're gonna lose a game. They should win, and I don't know that they should win that. I bet that's a pretty small point spread. I don't even know. Oh yeah, because be a, I mean they're playing there. they're playing at Iowa State. Yeah. So I've got I've got we've got West Virginia different, and that's the that's the game West Virginia and Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. All right. So moving on to Kansas. Is there anything to talk about with Kansas? Uh, I mean, yeah. Are they the I mean, there is. Of this conference. There is. It, look, they they went one eleven last year. They're over under three, and they're plus one thirty to go over the three. <laughs> Uh, they even have Rucker on the schedule. Yeah, they are. Look, they're they've got six offensive starters back. They got nine defensive starters back. I, I'm I just want to to read this note off to you. They had 24 recruits in their 2018 class. How many of those do you think were JUCO guys? Oh, I would bet at least 20, close to all. No, no, no. It did. I mean, it was still a lot. It was 11. Yeah. 11 of 24. See, I can't imagine them being able to recruit outside of the JUCO, though, to get real starting talent at Division Probably not. I mean, you would have to develop them. Uh, David Beatty's in his fourth season, and this is the fourth straight that they are still unsettled at quarterback. Have no idea what they're if, doing. If I was a historically – if I was coaching or running a program at a historically bad football team that was not an academic institution, Kansas is not. 
uh, <laughs> then then I'm talking like your Vanderbilt, your Stanford, your you know yeah. Ivy League, whatever. I think I would go after nothing but JUCO guys because that's where you're going to get the most amount of talent. Screw trying to develop them. Yeah. Like, there are really good JUCO quarterbacks out there that can play Division I football. Well, speaking of that, uh, JUCO quarterback Miles Kendrick, he led the College of San Mateo uh, to the California State Championship game last year. It looks like he might be the starter this year. Uh, I mean, we'll see. Peyton Bender was a JUCO guy that came in last year, but he lost his job middle of the year. Carter Stanley came in and, and started after him, but he wasn't any better. So and Sometimes it could be cushion too. They do have their first-team all-Big 12 defensive lineman, Daniel Wise, back. And he could have gone to the NFL. That's right. And he chose not to. So he's back for a senior season. Running back, they've got the most uh, potential there. They've got the most talent at that position. But if you don't have an offensive line that can block for them, what are they going to do? Kicker Gabriel Rui was granted an extra year of eligibility. Bright spot, he went 17 out of 20 on field goals last year. So, if you're Kansas and you're going to be kicking field goals a lot, that's where you go. All right. Uh, I mean, 2 and 10. I got them 2 and 10. They're I got not, them 0 and 9 in the they're conference. They're not cracking the three for the over. I've, I've actually got them winning at Central Michigan, but I could see them losing that. No, I've got, them, I've got a, a definite L there. <laughs> definite L there. Central Michigan's going to beat the crap out of them. So, uh, so you've got them 2 and 10, though? Well, I got them beating Rutgers, man. Oh, you got them beating Rutgers. That's right. That's right. Okay. Rutgers just lost like eight players that are going to be starters. I know. Because it's, it, look, listen. I know. That, and that and a, that's. That is a garbage program. Well, Rutgers isn't garbage, garbage. Like, they're not. They're not. <laughs> they were in a bowl game like four years ago. Decade ago. It wasn't that with long. Greg Schiano. <laughs> yeah. No, it was uh, Kyle Flood. Like, they came in and beat Arkansas completely. Anyway. Blah, blah, Kansas State. Let's jump into Kansas State. The Fighting Snyders. This is – this. The, it, he's got to be like the godfather of college football right now, right? He is uh, – look, he is 79. Did I write that down? Yeah, he turned 79 in October. He's got a contract through like 85? Something like that, yeah. yeah they just signed him to an extension. Well, and like, do you sign an 80-year-old to an extension? He will, he will never quit until his son gets to have the job. That so might it's not like, happen, man. I don't know that his son's good enough to be the head. Coach no, of the he, team. he can't get hired as a as a even a coordinator for another team. Like he can't get on anywhere else. And and it's not that he's not a good coach. Like no. who knows? Coaching's hard right now. I yes. mean, in college football, we've talked about this. The money these guys make, the expectations. You know, there yeah. are teams where we we've talked about nine and three is a failure. Yeah, like that's. That's tough, and I don't I don't know that your boy can do it. And I don't know that the expectations at Kansas State should be around that. They went seven and five last year. Their over under in two thousand eighteen is seven, but it is plus one fifty. Uh, they've got seven offensive starters back, five on defense. The quarterback competitions between Skylar Thompson and Alex Delton, both of which can play. But I don't know how much talent is around them. This is just a hard nosed team, right? Um, they're replacing all three starting linebackers, uh, including Trent Tanking and uh, uh, Jade Kirby. Uh, those were last year's leading tacklers. Alex Barnes is back at running back. He had 819 yards and seven touchdowns in a backup role last year. Uh, they lost cornerback DJ Reed to the NFL early, but three out of four in the secondary return. Uh, you got to wonder what the expectations actually are. And I don't have high expectations for them. I've got them six and six. I got them four and five in the conference. My expectations are lower than yours. I got them five and seven. Really? Yeah. I would be better than the under for, for them. For but Bill I Snyder would, to I, be like less than a bowl game. But I, I do not think that they I think I don't think they'll go under or over. I, I'm gonna bet them under. I can't even talk right now. <laughs> 
but I'm going to be betting them to cover a lot of these games. Yeah. That's oh, absolutely. Just, that's just what they do. He's a covering machine. Yeah, he he certainly is. Uh, so we've I've got them six and six. You got them five and seven. Got them five and seven. I, so both you, of us have you, the under. You think them? You think they lose to Mississippi State? Oh, absolutely. Seven. Absolutely. I mean, a brand new quarterback against that defensive line. I mean, g- give me a break. Give me seven. a break. Just Oklahoma. Uh, I, I don't have them really upsetting anybody. Oh, yes, I do. I've got them beating Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State comes in at home. Um, and it's after Oklahoma State plays, uh, plays Iowa State. I don't really think super highly of Oklahoma State this year. Okay. Like I've got them a decent we'll, record. We'll get, we'll to, get to that. Uh, Oklahoma, twelve and one last year. Or I mean, you can say twelve and two if you want, but we only do regular season and championship games. Twelve and one. I don't even do championship games. That's it. well. I'm taking the roll on that. I'm taking the run. That's my junk. You would <laughs> twelve you and would. one last year. They're over under this year is ten. They are minus one thirty. Six starters back on offense, five on defense. They lost Baker Mayfield. They uh, they lost the unanimous All-American left tackle Orlando Brown. All-American tight end Mark Andrews. But they got Rodney Anderson back at running back. And that's a good thing. So Rodney Anderson's back. Three out of five offensive linemen are back. Wide receiver uh, Marquise Brown and CeeDee Lamb are back. Quarterback Kyler Murray, who signed with the Oakland Athletics, is playing one year of football. That's all he's got, one year. Can he do what Baker did? I don't think so. Like, I, I listen, I, I'm. is Lincoln Riley a good coach, or was he just in, like, the perfect situation? I, I think he's a good coach, but I don't know that he's a great coach. And that's where we're different. I mean, that's where yeah. you, not, through, not where we're different, but that's, that's the difference between a historic per- perennial 10-win team in college football and eight and four, nine and three every yeah. year. I mean, that's the difference. He had an all world quarterback that everybody shortchanged his entire career. Oh, yeah. And he parlayed it from a walk on at Texas Tech to number one overall draft pick. Exactly. That is, we, we talked about this with, with Clemson losing. It's never Watson. before seen. It's just, it's just really hard to lose a transcendent player. Yeah. It really is. No, you're, you're right. You're right, um, and I think it's going to hurt a little bit. There's a lot of youth in the secondary. We'll talk about the defense. Kenneth Murray should absolutely be a beast at linebacker. Uh, you know, I, I've got him at 10-2. and two. I've got him right on the number. i got him 9-3. and three. Okay. And, and I will tell you this. There's one game I waffled on over and over and over again, and I just couldn't bring myself to make them 8-4. I, I think the Red River rivalry – is That's one of them I've got tough. them losing. See, see, I could easily see them losing that. You got them losing to like Florida Atlantic or something? No, I've got them. No, the the big upset I have for them, I've got them losing at TCU. I've got them losing got to one. Oklahoma State, which you probably don't have. No. Um, and then I've got them losing at Morgantown last game of the season. You go into Morgantown, that place, if they have nothing to play for, they are going to ruin your life. West Virginia has depth issues, and I feel no, like at the end of the you're season. You're probably right, but but that's why I don't like picking games every game this early. Yeah, I think at the end of it, they they beat Texas or they lose Texas, they beat West Virginia. They, you know, I, I think it's going to end up around nine and three. Okay, that, I mean that makes sense. I'm I'm only one I'm game better. Mar- yeah, I'm not married. I'm, to any I'm of ten these and games. two, seven and two. I've got them losing to Texas and at TCU. I've watched West Virginia make people cry before. 
I've just watched him do it. That's a really hard place to play. It's going to be cold. No, you're right. It's going to be gross, and 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 those West Virginians going to get after you. You are you are so correct. That, Oklahoma State. Let's let's jump into Oklahoma State. Come on. They went nine and three last year. They're over under this year's eight, and the juice is minus one twenty on that. They got five starters back on offense, seven on defense. They've had three straight ten win seasons, but they are replacing Mason Rudolph and James Washington, Taylor Cornelius. Uh, it's a, he's a redshirt senior. Yep. He takes over at running back. Justice Hill returns at running back. Uh, sorry, quarterback. Taylor Cornelius is quarterback. Uh, Justice Hill returns at running back. He had 1,467 yards last year. Uh, wide receiver uh, Jalen McCleskey, it, he leads a talented group of wide receivers. They've always got good wide receivers. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna place Washington pretty easily. That's just what the, Gundy does. The defense finished 79th in total defense last year. That's after they finished 53rd. 93rd, 100th, and 92nd in the years prior. But they brought in Duke defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. They are switching to a 4-2-5 defense. Now, that will take a little bit of time. They'll be, they'll be better, though. They, they'll be they, better. They might break the 50s. Yes, like that's, maybe. That's dry. I mean, that's 20 spots better. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll see what happens, right? Uh, I've got them at 9-3. and three. I got them 6-3 and three in the conference. I've got them losing at TCU, at Oklahoma, and at Kansas State. Yeah. I've got them ten and two. We pretty much take our Oklahoma and Oklahoma State picks, and we flip them based on that one game. Yeah, and um, and and I like this team. I really like that they lost a quarterback, but they're replacing them with a really experienced quarterback who played a lot last year. By the way, yeah, like he, Mason Rudolph got hurt a couple of times in games. This dude, like they they ran sets for for him. Um, so it, he's really experienced. He's not young. He should know what he's doing. He should be able to protect the football and. I don't worry about losing Washington while that guy was crazy good and did, didn't say anything. Gundy just does this, man. He finds these guys all over the place. Yeah. If you're hurting at receiver, it was the old Wisconsin move. If you don't know who to draft, just take a Wisconsin offensive lineman. If yeah. you're hurting at receiver and you don't really know who to draft in the NFL, take a wide receiver. You're in from the second Oklahoma or third State. round. Just just take an Oklahoma wide receiver, Oklahoma State wide receiver. He's yeah. going to be baller. You're right. So TCU went ten and three last year. 2018 over under is seven and a half. Now they are minus 130 to go over the seven and a half. They've got three starters back on offense. Not great, but six starters back on defense. They finished in the top 10 three of the last four years. Gary Patterson understands how to coach defense, but the offenses have been insanely prolific when they've been good for the most part. Quarterback Kenny Hill is gone, uh, but Sean Robinson looks like he's going to be the real deal. Yeah, I think he's good. Uh, it's the most talent they have ever had at the skill positions. Ever. They've got four stars across the board. Defense, the last five uh, star, or they lost five starters, but uh, but there's tons of experience there. It's like yeah. a lot of upperclassmen. They've got 14 upperclassmen in their two deep on defense. That's a big deal. So I I really really like this team. I've got TCU at 10 and two. We're we're really close on this one. That's I've got them losing at Texas and at West Virginia, and that's it. I got them 11 and one. Dang. And, and the, I thought I was going above and beyond on but this. But you, one. but you know my like infatuation with with Gary Patterson, right? Like yeah. that's that's pretty well documented. That I'm I'm kind of infatuated with him. I think he's one of. I mean, realistically, we've had this argument. I really do think he could be considered one of the best one or two coaches in college football. Yeah, he doesn't. Right? He doesn't get the talent that Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma ever get. He's never going to have that being at a small private school. And what he does with his talent, as opposed to what everybody else does with their talent, is just unreal. I think if he ever went to one of those big boy schools, 
everybody in the world better look out. I think you're probably right. Do you think he probably should have gone at some point? I think this might be the year for him to jump. You think so? I mean, he's getting on up there. I don't care. Like he, it's it, he's on up there in years right Listen, now. Listen, man, we just talked about Bill Snyder is eighty years old. Uh, and he you're just right. signed like a five six year extension. <laughs> all right, that guy. If we're all day today, yeah, Bill that Snyder guy's is day to day. Bill Snyder is going to turn seventy nine this year, and people are talking about Saban retiring at like sixty six. Yep. Like, give I'm, me a break. You and I have had this conversation in the past. If Joe Oliva, if I could push him off a, a building, yeah, and and I could make <laughs> and I could make Gary Patterson my coach, I would be the happiest man the world has ever seen. I could uh, I could believe that. Let's move on to Texas. Uh, 2017, they went six and six, not great, but they looked better in spots. Definitely uh, better than they did the, under Strong. The end of the year, they looked a lot better. Yes. than the beginning of the year. That's important for a new coach taking over a program. Exactly. They're over under this year is eight and a half, and the juice is minus one thirty on that. So. The expectation is they're going to win at least nine games. They got six starters back on offense, six on defense. It's year two of Tom Herman. Sophomore quarterback Sam Ellinger, or Ellinger, however you want to say it. I've heard it both ways. Is the uh, the newly uh, named starter. Uh, defense coordinator Todd Orlando had the defense absolutely rolling in 2017. 21.2 points per game. They led the Big 12 in third down percentage. Uh, they led the country with seven non-offensive touchdowns. The biggest problem at 17 was offensive line, but they added Herb Hand, uh, uh, coach from Auburn. Uh, I think their punter, Michael Dixon, is probably their biggest loss from last season. Like, and, and you got to admit, that dude was unreal, right? Okay. I don't know. I how am. Do, how do you gauge punters? That's it. Either they're awesome or they're not. So. Well, well like, like back in the heyday of Oregon when they never punt it, like, what if that punter was great? He just never got on the field. I mean, you you got a point. You got a point. All right, look. I know that my pick is crazy. Okay. Okay. I have Texas at eleven and one. Okay, now that is crazy. I thought I was crazy. See, all right. So I told you that you were not going to believe my my picks today. Uh, But I've got them eleven and one. I've got them eight and one in the conference. The only loss I have them on is is at Oklahoma State. But they've got Iowa State at home, West Virginia at home. Oklahoma is is you know. Whatever USC and TCU are both at home. I don't. I don't, I don't like think you them. can just chalk up W's. At I understand. I, I got understand them nine and three, so we're like, like we're not too far good. off. I, we, we're very obvious on. There's a four horse race in this ten man conference. Yeah, and and it's clear. It is Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Texas. These four teams. What about West Virginia? Not this year. Not th- too much. Too many problems with depth. I like I like West Virginia to upset some people. I also like them to take a bunch of L's. Yeah, so. I'm with you. All right, so you got them at nine and three. I got them nine and three, and that was I gave Oklahoma that win in the Red River rivalry. They could take that and you know flip that. I mean it. Oh yeah, I'm they, with you. they won ten games. It would not shock me. I can understand it that. It won't surprise. It would surprise me more if they won only eight games. That 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 makes sense. That makes sense. All right, Texas Tech. Let's move on to Cliff Kingsbury's bunch. This is his sixth year. He is thirty and thirty three. They went six and six last year. They're over under this year is six, and they are minus one thirty to hit that. So they are favored to go over the six. They got five starters back on offense, nine on defense. All five starters return on offensive line, but that is it for the offense. That doesn't mean that they don't have experience, right? They they've got experience, but it's not starting experience. Quarterback McLean Carter appears to be the uh, the starter. He is replacing Nick Sheminick. Hope I said that right. 
Uh, defense improved drastically under David Gibbs. They have nine starters back, so pay attention to senior linebacker Dakota Allen. He is of last chance U fame. Check him out. I'm telling you, that dude is unreal on that defense. He's he's going to be all Big 12. Uh, they went from 128th to 98th in scoring defense last year, 116 to 62nd in run defense. And check this out. Went from 112 to number 6 in the country in turnovers gained last year. A lot of that had to do with Dakota Allen and the, the chaos that he can cause back there. David Gibbs knows what he's doing. Still not a big fan of him, though. I got Texas Tech three and nine, so we're really close. I, I hate their schedule. I'm no, no. They do have the hardest schedule in the conference. And it's not close. It's yeah. just not close. They have two non-conference games. I think they're going to lose both of them, and nobody else has that set up. I think they're going to beat Houston. I, I've got them losing to Ole Miss, but I, I mean, it, I, listen to this: they play at Oklahoma State, at TCU, at Iowa State, at Kansas State, at Baylor, and they've got Oklahoma and Texas at home. But in West Virginia, at, at the at the end of it is they they they're not everybody else has pretty much three non conference gimmies, right? Yeah, and they don't almost them in West Virginia don't. No, them not, in West Virginia in got two. West Virginia got two big boys. They've got a big boy and a power six team, and I I don't know that Houston's going to be bad. I mean I know this they got an all world defensive lineman that that's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. So uh, let's move on to West Virginia. End up with uh, with these guys for record for Texas Tech. Yeah, what you got? I'm 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 three and nine as well. Okay. If they were two and ten, four and eight, they're, they're somewhere in somewhere there. in there. Yeah. yeah, somewhere between two and four wins. Uh, West Virginia seven and five last year. They're over under a seven. They are minus one forty to go over the seven. Uh, a lot of that just depends on depth, health, right? Seven offensive starters back, four on defense. Uh, all the talk about West Virginia goes to quarterback Will Greer, wide receiver David Sills, period. Uh, left tackle, uh, uh, Kajunte, Kajunte, Kajunte uh, I don't even know how to say his name. You got it. He's spurning the NFL for a chance at the Big 12 title. We'll see. Uh, the offense won't be a problem. The defense could be. Depth was already an issue across the board, but in spring, linebacker uh, uh, Quindarius Qualls and number two middle linebacker Brendan Ferns both went down with ACL injuries. Not good. Uh, they've got a strong chance to be 6-0 before they go to Iowa State, but November is insane, right? They uh, November, they've got at Texas, TCU, at Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma to end the season. Sit, hang on. A strong chance to go 6-0 and to start the season? If they are healthy, yes, they can beat Tennessee. They can win at NC State. They They're going to go Kansas on the State. road to NC State and just throw up a W. I think they could. That's crazy. You're, That's not you're, you're crazy. crazy. What are you talking about? That's crazy. NC State is a real team that you are not giving any credit to at all. I made them eight and four in my pick. What are you talking about? I don't. I, I don't know who you. I have. got West Virginia nine and three. I think Will Greer and David Sills are going to be awesome this year, but I like them more early than I do late. I got them seven and five at best. They're six and six. At best, they're six and six, and that's with. A, but you've got them seven and five. But at best, five. they're six and six. No, no. At worst, sorry. At worst, they're six and six. So at seven, best, they're, no. Seven and five is their ceiling. They could be six and six, and that's with an upset against Oklahoma. Are you just trying to piss off West Virginia fans? No, man. But I, I think their <laughs> schedule's insanely hard. We talked about the big four teams in the in this yes, conference. I'm with so you. So if you say they're not better than those four, and you're I got them beating those, TCU. Well, and I got them beating, or I got them winning at Iowa State. I got them beating uh, NC State. You know, I just don't know that you're going to open the season up 
Tennessee is not great, but that's fine. You can beat Tennessee, and, 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 and that's okay. To think that you're just going to walk in and beat Tennessee and NC State and just say we've got both of these wins and, and they're gimmies, like that's just not true. I'm not saying they're gimmies. I'm saying they've got a good chance to be 6-0. A chance. I think their absolute ceiling is 7-5, and five, and I don't think there's any way they start the season out 6-0. and oh. That's going to wrap up the Big 12 preview. Pac-12 North preview. I like the Pac-12 this year. It's it's interesting, if nothing else. That's why I'm saying I like them. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't think it's great, but it is going to be fun to watch. No, it's it's not great by any means. But chaos is but oftentimes yes, fun. Chaos is always great. Let's uh, let's jump in. We're doing alphabetical order. California first. Five and seven in 2017. They're over under this year is six and a half, but they are plus 100 to go over six and a half. So it Vegas prefers that they go under. Under. Correct. Right. So they've got 10 starters back on offense, seven starters back on defense. Justin Wilcox's second year has a ton of experience back. Offensive coordinator is former Eastern Washington head coach Bo Baldwin. He went 85 and 32 at Eastern Washington, had six playoff wins. Uh, or six playoff appearances. Uh, Ross Bowers is back at quarterback along with everyone except for one wide receiver. So they've got like the whole plethora of guys are back. The defense improved from giving up 42.6 points per game and 6.71 yards per play in 2016 under Sonny Dykes to 28.4 points per game last year and only 5.8 yards per play. They should be even better under Justin Wilcox in 2018. I like this team a lot. I got them going over the six and a half. I got them at seven and five this year. I got them five and seven, exact opposite, maybe. Okay, I mean that makes sense because like they play at BYU, they play North Carolina to start the season. North Carolina, uh, North Carolina is going to have uh, injury or not injuries, Suspension suspensions. Problems. Thank you. Um, you know, I've got them beating Oregon I after have a no bye week. Idea. All right, so we're going to preface this by saying. This is the conference I feel least confident about. We well, talked it's because about this anything off. could happen. There's so many new faces. There's I, so much new some stuff. Some of these picks, I could literally be four games off in, in college football. That's massive. Yeah. like I, And it wouldn't shock me if I'm four games wrong on these teams. I like Justin Wilcox. He is like he teaches defense. He, he does the thing. You know how we do. You go to the, the website, winningcureseverything.com, and go to the store. There is a shirt up there that is centered around run the ball, stop the run. He understands that. Like, California is one of the only Pac-12 teams that really gets it, along with Stanford, Stanford and whatnot, Stanford, but like, it takes a while to build into what Stanford has become. But, like, I think that he knows what he's doing. And, you know, I've got him losing, like, at Washington State, at USC. I've got him losing to Stanford. To um, the big boys. Yeah. But, I, but I've also got him beating Oregon, and I think very highly of Oregon this year. Yeah. So... You know, seven and five, a bowl appearance. Like, I like them. Sure. I like them a lot. So you got them what five and seven? I got them five and seven. Let's move on to Oregon. 2017, they went seven and five. They're yeah. over under this year is eight and a half, and they are minus one fifty to go over the eight Ooh. and a half. Okay. Seven starters back on offense. Seven starters back on defense. Willie Taggart gone after less than a full year. Came in, got got like folks suspended. Yeah, and then got everybody, like, excited because, you know, Justin Herbert was awesome and, like, da, 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 you know, everything was rolling right. He brought in Jim Levitt with him. Like, everything looked good until, you know, Justin Herbert got hurt. And But even still, 7-5, and five, you feel like, okay, we're moving towards something. This is good. Right. 
and then deuces. I'm going back to the uh, to the other coast, going back to Florida State. So Mario Cristobal, however, was on staff with him, and he was an offensive line coach for Nick Saban for years and years. He was a head coach at FIU for a long time. Took them to like their first bowl game and whatnot. Uh, the dude knows how to coach, and he somehow convinced Jim Levitt to stay. And that's a big deal for this defense. Uh, look, Justin Herbert is a beast. He was leading the country, or the team was, at 49.6 points per game when he broke his collarbone against uh, Cal. Uh, the defense improved from 41.4 points per game and 6.41 yards per play in 2016 to 29 points a game and 5.07 yards per play in 2017. And they've got seven starters back and experience across the board. Look, the schedule sets up insanely nice for a run at a division title this year. They could surprise some people because I think Justin Herbert is that good. He is he's 6'6", put on a ton of muscle just in the offseason. He's like 240, 245 pounds, something like that. This dude is a giant, and he can move, and it's it's scary. I've got him 9-3. and three. I got him 5-3 uh, and three in the conference. So I got him 8-4. and four. We're really close. I like this team, but I don't know. Man, I don't know a lot about them. I mean, they're they're kind of unpredictable. I think everybody in this conference is, Not, other well, than Oregon State. But you know, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a couple. Of, there's a couple <laughs> of them. I, I, I feel very very clear about how bad I think they're going to be. That makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, so you've got them what, eight and four. I got them eight and four, and I don't I don't have anything else to add because I just I don't know. Don't, them. I don't know. I. I mean, they, they, like, obviously we know the guys that are coming back, but, like... I like that there's consistency in the coaching staff, even though he lost the head coach. That's kind of weird to yeah. say and is not normal. And we're going to find out how much Willie Taggart was involved in stuff, maybe? Do you know that Willie Taggart was the... Well, we'll get to somebody else. That Willie Taggart is the number two uh, winningest coach against the spread in all of college football. I didn't realize that. But what's the sample size? Like, he's only been a head coach, like, four years? No, he's it's because he was at Western Kentucky, and then he was oh, at after, South okay, Florida. That, no, 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 I knew he, it was at South Florida before here. Yeah. I didn't remember Western Kentucky. But, like, it just – and I'm not talking about, like, just winning percentage, anything. Like, I'm talking against the I know he was a coordinator, and he worked under, like, Jim Harbaugh and all this other stuff. Yeah. So, I, I didn't know how long he had been. Uh, He was at Western Kentucky for, what, three, four years? Okay, so he's And then about, he was at South years. Florida for, well, like, three years. See, a lot of that's a little strange because when you're at Western Kentucky, you can cover every number because the teams in your conference, you just smoke. And then you play the non-conference teams pretty close. Yeah. And the numbers are like 30-point spreads. Yeah, no, you're right. So, yeah, for anybody that wants to follow Willie Taggart, might might want to bet on Florida State this year. I don't know. But I, I, would, I would bet on Oregon. It's a little bit different this year. Uh, Oregon State, 2017, 1-11. Uh, their over under this year is two and a half, and they are plus one forty to do that. This is this is not one of the teams that I'm worried about being four games wrong on. Yeah, I, it's I not agree. mathematically possible for me to go four games. Back. Um, they got seven starters back on offense, five on defense. It, look, I got to I got to talk about this. Former coach Gary Anderson told everybody when he took the job that if he could not win, he would quit and take no money. This dude went seven and twenty three. He left after a one and five start last year, and straight took no money. He didn't want a pay. He didn't want to get paid to leave or anything like. That. He just said, "I couldn't get it done. Y'all deserve better. I'm sorry." And he's like, he's coaching with uh, with Utah now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he went um, to Utah. 
But, uh, but yeah, Jonathan Smith, former Oregon State uh, quarterback, he was Washington's offensive coordinator for the last five years. He is the new head coach. I don't think that there's a lot that he can work with. There's 45 lettermen returning, but this is easily the least talented team in the conference. They open at Ohio State, they host Southern Utah, and then they play uh, at Nevada. I've got them at 1-11 and 11 again. I got them. I got them two and ten, just because I think they find a, a W somewhere. I mean, they got close multiple times last year. There's a there's another team that I have two and ten. I've got them winning one conference game in this division or in this conference. In the conference. Okay. Division. All right. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. We'll jump off Oregon State. We we've already spent too much time on them. Stanford, 2017. They went nine and four. They were nine and five after the bowl game, but whatever. Uh, their over-under this year is 8.5. They are minus 120. They got eight starters back on offense, six on defense. They lost to USC in their second game last year, then lost to him again in the Pac-12 title game. David Shaw, in his eighth year, 73-22 and 22 overall. He is number one against the spread. 58-36-1 against the number. That is bonkers to me because I never would have seen that. Uh, K.J. Costello is back at quarterback. He started the final six games. They only went three and three in those games, but he looked great. They, they was It was against tough competition. Bryce Love returns. He will uh, he will do more in the offense this year, which I don't know how you could possibly do that. The defense uh, returns six guys and at least one returning starter in every unit. Defense is talented. They are hybrid. They should be fine again, just like usual. But the road schedule this year, holy mackerel. Have you seen Like Obviously, you've seen it, but... Yep. At Oregon, at Notre Dame, at Arizona State, at Washington, at Cal, at UCLA. Yeah, this is a really tough schedule. This is ridiculous, but I still like them a lot. I got them nine and three. Okay, I, this I know. I've, I know I've, we've gotten into it on other podcasts about David Shaw, and I was like, I don't put him up there with the Nick Sabans and the Chip Kelly. I'm not and saying the he's Grace, Nick Saban. But I'm not like we did a ranking of top ten coaches. He doesn't belong in the top. 10 coaches in the country in my opinion that is just wrong you're talking about wrong you're talking about that's the top 10 percent of coaching there's 130 there's 130 head coaches yeah i think he belongs in the top 10 i don't i got him seven and five and this is not hey i think that schedule is brutal yes that schedule is absolutely brutal i got him i just think that schedule is gonna take its toll they got usc at home i don't know yeah but they don't have a great home home crowd at all oh no I mean, that but it's better than playing at USC. Well, yeah, okay. It is so better especially than like the USC deal, like they're playing USC at home on September eighth. They hadn't even started school by then. Like yeah, the students no, yeah. won't even be no, there. Nobody will be there. That that will be the quietest conference game they'll play all year. Oh, absolutely. Which is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Do you think USC fans travel up north and just take over all those seats? Absolutely not. They're not leaving LA. Are you kidding me? USC fans don't leave LA <laughs> for the cold. That's for the, it. For the for the for the cold of of of, of northern northern yeah Palo Alto <laughs> like no that ain't happening that ain't happening and Palo Alto by the way is not that cold it, well obviously in September it's, it's not going to be in, now in San Francisco like inside the Bay yeah, it is chilly but uh, Palo Alto man it can get a little warm uh, in in early September it's still probably going to be pretty warm compared to L A compared to L A for sure um, Washington. Washington yeah damn eleven and one last year no sorry ten and two last year. Uh, they were 11-1 in 2016, year, right? year before when they made the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, their over-under is 10.5, but they are plus 155 to do that. Uh, basically, what you're saying is you have to beat Auburn in order to, to go, go over. over. That's that's the kicker. Yeah. 
Um, look, seven starters back on offense, nine on defense. Uh, if not for a 13-7 to loss at Arizona State, they might have made the playoffs for the second straight year last year. Jake Browning's fourth season, he is a senior now, and of course they have Jacob Eason that is sitting out this year. Um, he will be the starting quarterback next year, at least we believe. Um, where are we? We're at Washington. Oh, no, no, no. Running back Miles Gaskin. This dude's incredible. Yes. Absolutely incredible. They've got four out of five offensive linemen back. Wide receiver Chico McClatcher is back from injury. Uh, are they big enough in the trenches to be able to handle teams like Auburn and Stanford, et cetera? The Auburn game, to me, determines a playoff chance. Like, you have to win that to change the oh, perception. Compl- oh, yeah, yeah, Okay, I'm not going to disagree with that. So, I have them 11-1. and one. I do have them beating Auburn, but I've got them losing at Oregon right in the middle of the schedule. Because they this team goes, let's see, 10 weeks without a bye. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long season for them. Yeah, and and they've got Stanford right before that bye too. So that's I mean that's a well, nine other, game stretch. Other things that you need to pay attention to, like they've got Stanford at home, but you know they play at Oregon right after they play at UCLA, and like Chip Kelly, like I don't expect much from him this year, but like I mean you never know what to expect with him. Uh, Arizona State they've got at home, but they they play at Utah the week before that. At Utah is always crazy for them. Utah has played them within a one-possession game the last two years when they've been really good. U- Utah's that team, though, right? Yeah, like Utah's we, that team. We're, we're going like to get to them in the next segment. Yeah, but Utah's Utah's that kind of team. Yeah, they just they they you don't want to play them. And then they finished the, the season on the road in the rivalry game, the Apple Cup. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to be a gimme, man. That's those two teams don't like each other. I got them ten and two, and I got them book in with Wells. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Lost to Auburn, lost at Washington State. Let's move on to Washington State then. They went 9-3 and three last year. They're over-under this year is 6.5, but they are plus 160 to go six and, or to go over 6.5. Four starters back on offense, seven back on defense. The biggest question is, how does Mike Leach's team respond after the tragic death of quarterback Tyler Helinski? They also lost Alex Greenwich, the defensive coordinator to Ohio State. Former Minnesota head coach Tracy Clays does come in and take over the defense, but... What is he going to run, right? I, I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, East Carolina graduate transfer quarterback Gardner Minshew looks to be the starting quarterback now. The offensive line loses three starters. They only have two wide receivers back. Look, they've gone twenty six and thirteen the last two se- or last three seasons. Can they keep that up? I don't think so. This year, this feels like a rebuild, like a reset everything year. I've got them at six and six. I got them three and six in the conference. Got them nine and three. I like this team, but you know my infatuation with with Leach. I just I love the man. I think he's insanely good. I also think that is their ceiling. Yeah, like that is like the best they're gonna be. I understand I, that. I accept it. I know it. Like they play at USC, at Stanford, and they host Washington. That's the the three biggies. They play at Wyoming, which doesn't look like it's going to be a gimme. Uh, they host Utah, they host Oregon, they host Cal, they play at Colorado, which I don't even know what to make it. And then Arizona yeah. comes. I mean, it's like it's a tough schedule. All of these are tough schedules I mean, like because said, we, we don't know what to think of any of them. Started this by saying this is the one conference I don't know anything about. Yeah. No, if I know. they finish five and seven, it will not surprise me. I was four games off on this team. <laughs> it just won't. It just won't. I'm, I mean, I didn't no, have you're, no clue. you're right. You're right. So, all right. Well, go that with is my gut, going with my instinct. That is the Pac-12 North. Going with Wazoo. 
we're going to move on to the Pac-12 South. The Pac-12 South. Let's jump into that. We already went through the North. We already went through the Big 12 today. The Pac-12 South. I don't know what to make of this division either. <laughs> I I've, I don't know what to think of some of these. Man, let's just jump into it. Let's jump into Arizona. 7-5 and five last year. They, they're over under this year, seven and a half. And they are minus 130 to go over the seven and a half. They got eight starters back on offense, nine on defense. Kevin Sumlin takes over at head coach. He brings offensive coordinator Noel Mazzoni with him. He was the UCLA offensive coordinator from 2012 to 2015. Everything starts and stops with quarterback Khalil Tate. I, Rich Rod got let go at a weird time. Like a bunch of off-field stuff, right? Just it's super weird. But so back to Khalil Tate. Rich Rod knew how to knew what to get out of Khalil Tate initially. You got to glossed over the off-field stuff, but it was. I mean, it, yeah, it was kind of legit. It seems I mean, like it was legit. Yeah, it seems a little. You got. You can't do that. There was some funky stuff. That's There's all a reason right. he didn't get a job. Like yeah, you know, he's he's uh, done. But that's okay. Yeah, I think they got. Look, I I always liked Rich Rod. I think they got an upgraded quarterback or a coach. I think you're probably right. I like, but I always defended someone in the SEC. The SEC West, when he was there, was at the strongest point I remember that conference ever being. Ole Miss was and good. Then when Mississippi it was, State was good. LSU was good. And Arkansas went through spurts where they were good. And Auburn and Alabama just kind of reigned at the top for so long. And he still won eight games consistently. Yeah, he did. He did. He um, won't play that schedule here. No, you're right, but he's still got some teams that he's got to do, and he ain't got the talent that he had at Texas A&M. Well, no, he doesn't, but other than Johnny Football, he's got the best quarterback he's ever had. I think you're probably right on that. Uh, talking about Khalil Tate, look, he ran for 327 yards against Colorado in his, in his first game, ran for 230 against UCLA in his second game, and then ran for 118 combined against Oregon State, Oregon, and Arizona State to end the year. Tate's a so, junior. It seemed like they – no, I think he's a, he was a true freshman last year, I think. Oh, oh wow, he's young. Yeah, he's true. really I young. I didn't realize he was that young. Um, so, yeah, he's like – there's still stuff to work on with him. There's only two starting offensive linemen back, the center and the left tackle, but all the skill positions return. And, well, they've got a new running back, but experience at running back. That's uh, Sumlin kept Arizona's defensive coordinator, um, Yates, for his third season – he was uh, the former Boise defensive coordinator. They improved from 38.3 points per game to 34.4, so that's something. All right. I guess. I mean, you're still giving up 35 points a game, so to win, you got to score 36, I guess. But, you know, look, I, I like Arizona this year. I think their schedule sets up pretty well for them. Uh, I've got them 8-4. and four. Like, I've got them going over the 7.5, and, and even I was surprised. I got them eight and four also, and I really wanted them nine and three. I just didn't have the stones to to make it. I got them. I got them beating be Oregon, but my my losses are USC at Utah at UCLA and at Washington State. So I've got them beating Oregon. I got them beating. Uh, I got them winning at Houston early in the year. Got them beating Colorado. Be, beating Cal. Like there's there's a lot to this. Um, but yeah, eight and four. I think it's pretty good. Well, it's a good start, and man, now I kind of even feel better about that. 
I'm I'm very curious to see how someone does with this team and then how he recruits there because he was always a really good recruiter. Yeah. If he can get talent, man. Yeah, he could he could before, do really well before here. Before Tate's gone, he could be they could be scary. Yeah. What did what did you have, Matt? I got eight and four as well. Eight and four. Okay. Arizona State. Last year, seven and five, just like Arizona. Their over under this year is four and a half. Not too many people thinking highly of the new coach, it doesn't seem like. They are minus one thirty to go over four and a half. So they expect him to go over. Uh, starters, they got seven starters back. They got four back on defense. Todd Graham was fired at like literally right after he beat Arizona 42-30. to 30. After they beat their rival. Nobody has any clue why this guy was fired. So it, it was after a 7-5 season. And look, I mean, he took them to like five bowl games in six Se- years. 7-5, and five, like, they, they went over their expectations. Yeah, they, they did pretty well. Uh, but I think Arizona State wanted their expectation to be higher, which – so they went out and got. Hang on, like I, I don't. We we have to talk about this though. They hired her. They hired Herm Edwards. They hired Herm Edwards, and they didn't fire anybody else on the coaching staff. Well, here's the thing: they wanted to keep the coaching staff. They just wanted Todd Graham gone. Uh, everything that I've heard, Todd Graham is difficult to work with. See, okay. that bothers me though. All these great yeah. coaches that keep getting let go of jobs because they're hard now, to work with. I'm not saying that Todd Graham is a great coach. Well, okay, but you're I think right. he's okay. I think when he was pretty good. When you're Arizona State and you let go of a really good coach because he's difficult to work with, yeah. no, bad things are coming. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. So I got him two and ten. Screw those guys. I got him three and nine. I got them two and seven in the conference. I got them beating uh, UT San Antonio, but uh, losing at uh, San Diego State. I got them losing to Michigan State, losing at what? The opening stretch is insanely difficult. Uh, but I got them beating Oregon State, and I've got them beating UCLA late in the year because that just seems like a game that you know UCLA can end up losing. Because I mean, it's at Arizona State, whatever. Uh, who knows what this team's going to be like? I, Manny Wilkins returns a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, the backup quarterback Blake Barnett transferred to South Florida. Uh, former Bama guy. Uh, Herm was hired with the the idea that he would be the CEO, right? And they didn't want to get rid of their coordinators. They wanted to keep the coordinators because they love the coordinators. But offensive coordinator Billy Napier took over the Louisiana job, Louisiana Lafayette, and defensive coordinator Phil Bennett. I don't even remember where he went. Um, but both of them left. The new OC is Rob Likens. He was the wide receivers coach last year. The defensive coordinator is uh, Danny Gonzalez. He was San Diego State's defense coordinator the last seven years. That's a good hire. Yeah. Good hire. So, I think maybe, like, Herm Edwards is a good coach. He's a good motivator. But I think Todd Graham got a lot out of this team. He was, that, he's been out of coaching for a long time, man. Herm? Yes, he I has. Mean, and, he, is, and he hadn't been in college football since, like, 89. Yeah. I mean, this is. It's weird. This is kind of crazy. It'd be fun to see him do well. I don't dislike Herm Edwards. This is not a shot or a knock at him, but, man, I can't – I just – I can't fathom this team being good with all the chaos that ensued because Todd Graham might have been an asshole. You're right. Like, I just don't get that. I I don't don't understand it. Um, Tell me this. Knowing, like, how crazy things get – in night games in the Pac-12, like, you know, hashtag Pac-12 after dark, would it surprise you if Michigan State went in there and got beat? Like, it's something, oh, no, that's not happening. Something crazy, that's, like a 27-24 game, like a last-second field goal, no. last-second interception. Yeah, that would, that would surprise me completely. That's not happening. Okay. I could see them doing that to one of these Pac-12 teams because it's Pac-12 after dark. Michigan State is going to be one of the best teams in the country this year. Okay. okay. I think I think they're tough. 
I think they're going to be really physical, and I don't think the Pac-12 teams are used to that. Let's move on to Colorado. Let's talk about a, a, a tough team. Okay. Five and seven last year. They got three starters back on offense, three or six starters back on defense. Their over-under is five. They are minus 125 to go over the five. Uh, Mike McCarthy's uh, Buffaloes have a strange trajectory. Four wins in his first season, two wins in his second season, four wins in his third season, ten wins, and then five last year. So, I don't know where the ten wins came from. They they had a great defense. Jim Levitt was was wonderful, and it kind of makes you think, like, okay, does does he need to really do something this year? Like, or do you think they'll just keep him anyway? I mean, it's... No, I think... Oh, I don't think that's a... Like, if he goes five and for, seven again, do they... I don't think they fire him, though. I don't know, man. I mean, this is not. But I don't. I don't look at Colorado, and I could be completely wrong. I don't look at Colorado as one of those schools that's just pulling the trigger if you don't win eight games a season. You know. Well, no, but like it, you know, for what they're paying them, you know, bowl game at least. Like uh, we're we're talking. What do you got? Losing, what do you got, got him going? I've, he he's got a losing season in four out of five years, okay. and the one year was like really good. They got quarterback Stephen Montez back. That's about it on the offense, uh, besides two offensive linemen back. Defense should be better in year two under Kentucky defense coordinator DJ Elliott. Correct. Uh, they are adding running back, uh, like, let's see, McMillan. Grad transfer, he had over 2,000 yards rushing in three years at Virginia Tech. So that's good. Uh, but I just don't see it, man. I got they, him they seven got and five. I got him five and seven. So I think he's going to be better. I think the fact that they're not bringing all those offensive players back their offense is going to be better. I don't know that the guys that they lost were were great. I mean, we obviously know they weren't great. That's yeah. I mean, they they weren't great. Um, but only three starters back on offense isn't isn't good. I don't. But but if they're not good, then then why is inexperience a bad thing? It's it's not a bad thing. I I just I don't know. They they haven't recruited well. I don't know what they're going to do. So five five and seven to seven and five, any of that is oh totally possible. You're you're exactly right. I yeah. have I have no idea about any of these teams. Yeah. No, we we prefaced that. Yeah, we're you're right. Uh let's jump into UCLA. Let's go on and get into this. Six and six last year. They got rid of Jim Mora Jr. Uh five and a half is their over under this year. They are minus one twenty to go over five and a half. Four starters back on offense, six on defense. None of that matters because they are like they're implementing a brand new system. My man, Completely Chip Kelly, brand new. back in football. Yep. Chip Kelly returns to college. He was at his best. He was 46-7 and in Oregon between 2009 and 2012. Michigan grad transfer, Wilton Spate. Look, he's been taking the most snaps with the ones, but they still haven't announced a starter. Quarterback Darian Thompson-Robinson is absolutely the future of this program, but it, he's I mean, he's a freshman. So like, it's it's going to take time. Defense coordinator uh, Jerry Azanero was uh, with Kelly as a defensive line coach at Oregon all the way through the NFL. They should improve after they gave up 36.6 points a game last year. They, they've got talent on defense. So if he can get them to buy in, then they should be much better than that. This year is going to be a rebuild. Kelly hadn't been in college in five years, and his offense takes a, a little bit, and the schedule is just really difficult. Really difficult. I mean, they got games at Oklahoma. They got Fresno State coming in, Cincinnati, at Colorado. Non-conference um, is tough. Yeah. It, it they really don't is. have any gimmies in non-conference. And, and their home schedule is Washington, Arizona, Utah, USC, and Stanford. It's like, not easy. Not easy. <laughs> so, you, none of, your, your, your gimme games or the games that you should win are all on the road. Like, that's tough. I, 
I like UCLA a little bit. I think they're going to get a little better towards the end of the year, but that doesn't even necessarily equate into wins. I've got them six and six. I got them four and five in the conference. Got them eight and four. I love Chip Kelly. I think he's an absolute genius. If you look at the NFL, if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles winning a Super Bowl, they won a Super Bowl doing exactly what Chip Kelly was trying to do. Yeah. RPOs, just just all this weird gimmicky stuff, and now every offense in the country is about to go to it. Well, and they, I, and they won no, with his quarterback, no, right? Yeah, no true, that, yeah, with his guy, guy he yeah. won ten games with. No true genius is truly respected or appreciated until they are gone. And I don't know that the NFL will ever look kindly at Chip Kelly in his history, but they need to understand he is the founder of bringing that offense to the NFL. You are one hundred percent right. He should get credit for it. He absolutely should get credit for it. I love this man. I think the defense is good enough to keep him in games, and I think he's good enough as an offensive coach that he's going to find ways to win. I got him eight and four. I like this team. USC better buckle up because in a year or two they're taking this division. Dang, you're probably right. You're probably right about that. That man is the most competitive coach I've ever listened to or watched. Now you, yeah, I think you are entirely right about that. I like him a lot better than Clay Hilton, which leads us to USC. 11-2 and two last year uh, before the bowl game. They're over under this year is 8.5. They are minus 115 to go over. Uh, six starters back on offense, seven starters on defense. Clay Hilton enters year three. He needs to replace quarterback Sam Darnold, running back Ronald Jones, and a, a bunch of talent, right? A lot of guys left. Quarterback Matt Fink is going to get the early start, but true freshman JT Daniels is obviously the future of the program. Uh, all five offensive linemen are back. That's a good thing. They they had a pretty good offensive line last year. They've got seven seniors on defense starting. Um, running back Stephen Carr should be awesome. Wide receiver Taylor Vaughns, linebacker Cameron Smith, the defensive back Iman uh, Marshall. Those are all names you need to know. This team has a bunch of talent. I don't know what I think of Clay Helton as a coach. I think this team has a lot of talent. The schedule sets up okay. I got them nine and three. My my losses are at Stanford, at Texas, and at UCLA. That's so crazy. <laughs> I've got them 9-3 and three as well. We don't have a single same loss. Really? Not one. So you got them winning at Stanford and at Texas and at UCLA. No, I'm sorry. We have one loss the same. I've got them losing at Utah, at UCLA, and at home against Notre Dame. Ah, okay, okay. I'm with you. That so, UCLA or that that Utah game that'll be a Pac-12 after dark game. That's where you need to look out for Utah doing some Pac-12 after dark craziness. I like Utah this year a lot. Wait, let's go on and jump into them. Utah, okay, six and six in 2017. They're over under in 2018 to seven. They are minus 145 to go over the seven. Seven starters back on offense, four on defense. Kyle Whittingham took over for Urban Meyer at Utah 14 years ago. He is the third longest tenured coach in college football. They replaced three out of four on the defensive line, which is usually their their strong point, right? Quarterback Tyler Huntley returns. He should improve as long as he can stay healthy. If he if he can go a season without missing games, they should be all right. Running back Zach Moss is back, along with four out of five on the offensive line. They got three out of five in the secondary back, including cornerback uh, Julian Blackman. He is awesome. That guy is unreal. Schedule sets up for a run at the Pac-12 South with Washington, Arizona, USC, and Oregon all at home. I've got them losing to – I've got them 8-4. and four. Got them losing to Washington, at Stanford, USC, and at UCLA. But i got them beating everybody else. i got them 8-4 as well. I don't know where we're different at the losses so much, but 
Yeah, I got Washington, Washington State, Stanford, and uh, UCLA. There you go. Yeah, I I like Utah. I like Utah a lot. Whittingham's awesome. Tough team. I I think they're the toughest team in this conference. Like you're probably physically, just man on man toughness. I think they are the toughest. Who you got winning the division? uh, USC. That's I got the same thing. USC nine and three, Washington ten and two. I've got I've got the same thing. I've got the same championship game, USC and Washington. I've got USC winning. So you said so you said you don't know what you think about Todd Helton. Clay Hilton. Clay Hilton, I'm sorry, yeah. I I think he's a good coach. I think he's, I I think he's fine. Like, this is the conversation of him. And, like, I'm not comparing him to David Shaw. He doesn't have the resume David Shaw does. He's not as good of a coach as David Shaw. But, like, like he's a really good coach. Does he belong in the top ten of college football? No. No. But, but he's, they're going to recruit coach. at USC really well. And if you're a good coach that is consistent, you're fine. Yeah, I agree. I like him a lot. I agree. Right, that is the Pac-12 South. This is the Winning Cures Everything Guide to Gambling on Football. If you already know what you're doing when you gamble on football, this is not for you. We're you, going. You, you, just you move can, on. You're you, good. You can all. You can watch. And if there's things that you don't know about gambling on football, like different terms, different uh, different ways to bet, then you might want to be. You might want to check in. If you know and we miss some stuff, put it on the bottom. <laughs> this, put it on the comments. Yeah, put it in the comments. This is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier place to gamble on sports, period. Go down there. They've got six different sports books. Those places are fantastic. Gold Strike, Samstown, Horseshoe. Uh, I mean, all Hollywood. Hollywood, yeah. Yep. T- and and the Fitz is going to have uh, – they're going to have one. Uh, mm. Resorts. Don't think Fitz. No, no, the Fitz one. is. I, I've already talked to him about it. Oh, have you? Yet? Fitz is going to have one. It's oh. not open yet, but it, but they will. They will have one. Um, let's start off with this. The money line. Okay. Let's talk about the money line. Betting on the money line is the easiest way to gamble on football. All you're doing is picking a winner. There's going to be a number out beside the team that you want to bet on, and it will be plus whatever. So or minus whatever. Yeah. Last year, Oregon State played Colorado State. This is just an example. Uh, Colorado State was the favorite. They were minus 185. That means, and this is just for beginners, to win 100 bucks, you have to put down 185 bucks. And so if you won Colorado State in that game, you had to bet $185 to win 100. On the other side, though, Oregon State was plus 165. That means you put down $100. If Oregon State won that ball game, you would win $165. So you put down 100, you win 165 if there's a plus. If there's a minus, you're going the opposite direction. So it's all percentage based, right? Um it's the easiest way to do it. If you want to do and we'll get into parlays and everything else, but it's like It's very dangerous betting heavy favorites. Yes, very very dangerous because there's not a lot of return on investment, right? So Moneyline is the easiest way to gamble if you just want to get a little action in. Now we can move on to the point spread. It, tell me, like, which do you prefer, point spread or money line? Oh, I'm always a spread guy. That's Same here. Same well, here. no, that's not true. If I like the dog, I'm, I mean, it just depends on the odds. I can't say I prefer one or the other. If I think the dog is going to win, I'm not, I'm not taking points. I want the, I want the money. Yeah, I because the it, obviously the odds are better. But that's that because direction. I am a gambler, and I don't care about the security. 
Correct. Like there's a safety net with taking dogs and points, which we'll get into. The the point spread works a lot like the money line, only there are points involved, right? So let, we'll we'll stick to this Oregon State uh, Colorado State game from last year because that was a great game to use as an example. Yes, everyone cares about it. <laughs> well, it's easier to keep people focused on the number. Uh, Colorado State was a four point favorite. That means the number out beside them was minus four. What you need is for Colorado State to win by more than four points. 25 to 20 ball game, Colorado State covers. Yes. Um, if Oregon State loses the game 31 to 28, they only lose by three, then Colorado State does not cover. Now, if you wanted Oregon State, you need them to, to lose or win. If You can win with a point spread or the other way around. Like, if they only lost 31-28, Oregon State would cover the spread. You got to get it within that little spot. Now, if they lost like thirty-one to twenty-seven, that is what is called a push. You get your money back, and nothing else. That's it. You just there. There's no play on it because it just landed right on the number. So, if you are really looking to either win or lose, you're going to look for the half points, right? So, like four and a half, something like that, where it's either got to be five or four. There ain't no half point in football. Period. Um, well, so that's let me and let me go back to the money line just so you understand. In the NFL, there are ties. If you bet the Patriots to beat the Browns and they tie, yeah. you lose that bet because yes. you bet them to win, not win or tie. Exactly. So it's it's a lot different in the NFL. Because there can be a tie. Because there can in be a tie. College football there can't be a tie, so you don't have to worry about it. On the point spread, generally the juice the odds, the VIG, whatever you want to call it, it will generally be minus 110. Now, that will change at every different sports book. No matter, like, whatever the game is, you will find different odds at different places. If, if everybody is betting, and the reason they move it, it starts out at 110. Yes. Okay, that's just a starting point. If everybody bets in this scenario, Colorado State, heavily, but they don't want to move the number from minus 4 to minus 4.5 or minus 5, they will move the VIG. Yes. So if it was minus one ten, you could bet Colorado State at minus four on minus one ten. So it'd be you put one hundred and ten dollars down to one hundred. Now the other way around is if they want, if they, there was a lot of money coming in on Colorado State, on Colorado it went State minus one twenty five. It could go to minus one twenty five. Now that would mean you get better odds on Oregon State. Correct. Now it may not be the exact same movement. No. The percentage goes in the house favor. Yes, it will always be in the house favor. But you are looking for the best odds for what you believe is going to happen. Uh, Let's go on and jump into the over-under. The point total. There is a point total at the the end of this line, right? (coughs) Excuse me. The point total in Colorado State and Oregon State last year was 58.5. So you needed the point total to go over fifty eight and a half if you wanted that one or under. One way one way or the other. Fifty eight or fifty nine, it's gonna completely shift the game. So if the game ends thirty one to twenty seven, that goes under. So thirty one to twenty seven would be fifty eight total points. Thirty one to twenty eight, that is fifty nine total points. That goes over. It's it's fun if you don't really know who's going to win the ball game, if you don't have any real feel. And, again, 
the the odds on this are normally minus 110. It's generally going to be 10% to the house every time. So minus 110 will be what you're looking at. Now, obviously, those will change the same as point spread odds and whatnot. But if you feel like there's going to be a lot of points scored, you think it's going to go over a certain point, but you don't know who's going to win. It could just be whoever gets the ball last. That's the way you want to play. Am I right on that? Yeah. No, that's right. Okay. Betting overs is always more fun than betting unders because high-scoring games are more fun than low-scoring games. Doesn't but when you always going to win. Like in the Big 12, oh yeah, you're, you're going to have some really high overs. Kind of gets fun, though. It does get fun. because I have, it, I have bet triple-digit overs before, and I have – Nearly pooped myself just waiting on the <laughs> waiting on the last touchdown to come in, and sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, it and doesn't. that's what makes it interesting, right? Because the fun thing about gambling on football is, no matter what, like you can bet on a thirty-eight point spread, and you watch for the entire game to make sure that the underdog doesn't score like a garbage touchdown that's going to kill your your favorite, right? So that's what you're doing. Uh, Let's move on to futures and props. All right? There are all sorts of different things that you can bet on. And it it depends on the sports book as to which one is going to have different props, different futures, all that kind of stuff. A certain prop bet would be like Heisman Trophy odds. For the 2018 season, Tua Tonga-Vailoa is the Heisman Trophy favorite at 4-1. to one. There are so many different players that will be available on the Heisman odds before the season. And these Heisman odds continue all the way up until the Heisman Trophy presentation early in December. You can bet on them at any time. They will change all throughout the season. Uh, Last year, before the season started, Sam Darnold was the favorite at plus 380. Saquon Barkley, you could have gotten him at plus 1,200. The better odds are at Saquon Barkley. Like, obviously, neither of those guys won. <laughs> I don't even know what Baker Mayfield's. Word. We, didn't, we didn't look at it before the season. No, we didn't, didn't think he was going to be a candidate. Didn't think he would win. No. Uh, but that's the fun thing about it. Like you just you never know what's going to happen. So props are just basically fun bets. It's just fun, right? Yeah. Futures. Let's jump into future bets. Uh, last year before the season, Florida State. It, and it depends on the sports book as to what futures are going to be available. But a lot of them will have teams to make the four-team playoff or teams to win the national championship, teams to win their division, all that kind of stuff. So if you look back at a bunch of our videos on YouTube, they will all explain uh, what the odds were like for the NFC East and all all the NFL divisions. It was like the Patriots were minus 850. It's crazy. Yeah, minus 850 or something like that to win their division. That means you bet $850 to win 100 bucks. Yes. Like, obviously, the odds are not in your favor at that point. But that seems like a pretty sure bet. So, if you if you TB, just want a little extra TB12 goes down, that, uh, that could get expensive. That whole thing will, will blow up in your face. Um, so, last year, for example, Florida State, to make the four-team playoff, they were plus 140 to make the playoff. So, you put down $100, you would win back 140 bucks. Obviously, that'll change if you're just betting 5 10 bucks, whatever. That's right. 10 bucks would win you uh, $14. You know, whatever. It, it, the percentage, yeah, it, it's the, all the same. They use 100 because it's 100%, $100. It makes the math easy. At. Yeah, makes the math much easier. Uh, but there's all sorts of different stuff. There's odds to win the national title. Last year, Northwestern, their odds to win the national title were plus 25,000. 
which makes sense. Notre Dame's were plus 3,800. Ohio State, though, plus 450. So before the season starts, you're going to get pluses on everybody because there's 130 teams. Correct. Now, there's only seven that can actually win it. Yeah, we will, I'll, I'll go with a bigger number. Let's say 20. Just there are 20, 20 teams that can win the there's national championship. There's not 20 that are actually going to win the national championship. But you can put money on whoever. You can put money on Memphis to win the national championship if you wanted to. Right. Put money on They'll Ole Miss. They'll go undefeated and get left out. That's, that's the way it goes. And so it, you might not want to do that, but you can if you want to. Uh, the other future bet is regular season win totals. Now, in all of our preview videos on our channel, we talk about the over-under for them, and that is their season win total. For example, Utah this year from the Pac-12 South, their over-under this year is 7. Now, if you hit right on the 7, you're going to push. Their odds for over-under 7 was minus 145 to go over and plus 130 to go under. Obviously, it's different odds, which is... You look at it and you're like, why would it not be the same thing? That's well, a 10%. It's yes. usually going to be 10% different. But, but it will be... It will change depending on which way you're going. If Vegas likes one more than the other, they will change their percentage. So plus yeah, like true. minus one forty five to go over, but then plus one thirty to go under, which means if you go under, you're not gonna get paid as much as as the other way around, right? Um so like odds to win the national title or sorry, regular Hell, season win total. Go ahead. I, and this for NFL and for college, it's only regular season. Your championship game, your yep. bowl game, any postseason any playoff games count. do not count. It is only out of a twelve-game schedule in college, and in the pros, it's only in a sixteen-game schedule. So for uh, Utah, they're over/under being seven. Like obviously, you're going to want if you really want to win or lose, you're going to want somebody that has a half point. And a lot of places you can buy a half point. Like it's just up in the air. We get a little get a little complicated. But yeah. It's called buying the hook. Buying the hook, and we'll we'll get to those here momentarily but you go over the seven you're going to get your minus 145 so 145 bucks to win 100 you go under it depends on the which way you bet but either way uh let's jump out of that let's talk about parlays for just a second easiest way to lose money really fun way to gamble really fun way to gamble because really fun way the to odds are way up there uh the odds and i only know it for like two team parlays, it's like two point six to one. Yeah. Those are the odds. Two and a half to one. But obviously the odds will vary depending on what teams you bet. So if you're just betting money lines, say you bet like two favorites that are both like minus eight hundred or minus a thousand to win, it's it's gonna pay out better than it would for like the minus eight hundred to win. There are there are money line parlay calculators that you can just Google on your phone. Yes. And it will you just put in what the odds are. You're picking three teams this one is plus 850, this one is plus 250, this one is plus, you know, 185. It's going to it's going to calculate if all three of those teams win what your payout should be. Yes. Yes. Those and things are readily available all over the internet. Just all over the Google place. search, you can find it. Like for example, um, we should probably link to that on our website if we, we can find we could a probably Google do that, that we like, not that we know any of these companies or support them, but if there's one that works, we should at least put the link there. First week last season before the 2017 season, uh, say you were putting five bucks down on Oregon State plus four, five bucks on uh, UMass minus one and a half against whoever they were playing, and South Florida minus 22 against whoever they were playing. I think of San Jose State. Uh, 
15 bucks down, you are going to win back a total, if all three hit, $13.66. Now, the whole bet, like each each bet is individual. So say you win two and lose another one, you're still going to win some money. On a parlay, it is a little bit different because you need all three of those to hit. So if you have a parlay of all those same ones, one fifteen dollar bet one, instead of well, three. It, even a five dollar bet. Okay. So say it's just because you were betting five bucks on each one before. Okay, that's right. Gotcha. Say you just put that one five dollars down on all three teams, your odds go up to where you would win back twenty nine dollars and eighty four cents. The difference is you have to have all three hit. You can't have two out of three hit. You can't have two and then a push. If you have Two wins and a push, they're just going to give you $5 back. That's it. But you have two and a loss? One loss destroys the entire bet. You need all three to hit for you to be able to cash in on that. So you have to be careful with parlays. They are fun, but they are dangerous. Don't be putting no mortgage down on a parlay. You do what you want. I'm not a money advisor. Do whatever you want. Do what you want to do. (laughs) <laughs> do what you want to do. Uh, there's a website called DonBest.com. Uh, they have a sports betting terminology guide. And we'll go through some of the terms that you are going to hear in ga- uh, gambling on football. Uh, one is against the spread. Uh, this is a method of referring to the result of the event that takes the point spread into account. So We talked about betting the spread. The, the point spread. So they didn't just win the game, they won the spread. Or they lost the game, but they covered it against the spread. Exactly. Uh, bad beat. That is a, a wager that loses unexpectedly. So, say you lose on like a Hail Mary or a fumble. Like, okay, uh, people that bet on UCLA had a, a bad beat against Stanford last year, I guess, where there was a fumble at the end of the game. Stanford was up 13-9. to UCLA was a five-point underdog, so they were covering. Stanford, with three seconds left, returns a fumble for a touchdown. That's a bad beat because you did not expect to lose that. You thought you had that game. Uh, the book. We talk about sports books. That is the book. They are the, the people that hold it. Uh, it's an establishment that accepts bets on the outcome of sporting events. Bookmaker or bookie, same thing, the person that actually works at, or works at the book. Uh, the cover, uh, that's to beat the point spread by the required number of points. When you win, you have covered the spread. The dog, that's short for underdog. That is the person or the, the non-favorite. Yeah. Is that the best Team way to put that? not picked to win. The favorite, obviously, the team picked to win. Futures, we just talked about those. Bets placed on an event or outcome uh, taking place in the future. Handicapper, uh, handicapping, either one, it's the attempt to predict the outcome. So, like, that's handicapping is gambling. You're predicting the future. Hedging a bet, that's betting on both sides of a bet. So, say the line moves at some point. Say you've, perfect example, Notre Dame, Michigan this year. Michigan opened up as a seven-point underdog and then over the span of a month, they were then a three-point favorite. If you liked it to fall somewhere in the middle, you can hedge the bet. Say you could have bet Michigan at plus seven and now bet Notre Dame at plus three. And if yep. Notre Dame loses by one, if the game is a anywhere between a two to one or two-point game, either yeah. way, you you win both those games. Yes. So it's it's weird. Another way to hedge bets, which I love to do, is if you get yourself in a three, four, five team parlay, and you've won all of them, and the last game is yet to kick off, 
and you need it to go one way and you win, you know, plus 900, plus 2,000, plus something crazy because it's a big parlay. Yeah. Then you can just bet a little bit on the other team and it doesn't matter the outcome. It's called hedging. If you're a true gambler, you don't do it. But uh, if you're just trying for fun. If you're trying to save some money and, and take a little pressure off of you, you can win either way. Finally, the moment that everybody has been waiting on all summer, our college football playoff picks and predictions. You ready for this? Come on. All right, let me go on and give you my conference champions. I I don't know that you've got yours. Yeah. Uh, SEC. My, my one through six is the same as my conference champions. My SEC championship game, I've got Alabama over South Carolina. My Pac-12 championship game, I've got USC over Washington. Uh, let's see. My Big 12 championship game, I've got Texas over TCU. My ACC, I've got Clemson over Virginia Tech. And Big 10, I've got Wisconsin over Ohio State. Now. Who is your number six and number five ranked teams? Five and six are TCU and Washington. Okay. I've got Washington at number seven because they they got knocked out by USC in my hypothetical whatever world. That's okay. Number six for me is Michigan at 11 and one. And number five, I have Georgia at 11 and one. Now, who is your number four team? My number four team is Wisconsin. Okay. My number four is Texas. I have Wisconsin at number three. Who have you got three? My number three team is Michigan. So you got Michigan and Wisconsin. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. Uh, number two, I have Clemson at thirteen and zero. Who is your two? Auburn. Auburn. You got Auburn. You got Auburn twelve and one. I obviously have Auburn. That's right. That's right. Conference. Uh, and number one for me is Alabama at thirteen and zero. My number one is Vatek. Virginia Tech. Who's over under is eight and a half, and they are plus one thirty to go over the eight and a half. Well, in this scenario, <laughs> if Virginia Tech does what I projected them to do, they go which, eleven and one. If they go eleven and one. They beat Clemson twice. Then that means they're going to be the number one ranked team. All of these teams will have very similar records, if not the exact same record. But I think two wins over Clemson will make them the number one overall team. Do they play Clemson twice? Well, no, they play Clemson in the regular season. I mean, then they'll they, have they like, to beat them in the championship. They play them in the regular. Yeah, they play them in the regular season. No, they don't play Clemson in the regular season. Oh, then then Auburn will be number one. Clemson will probably be or Virginia three. Tech will be Virginia, number sorry, Virginia Tech will be three. Then if they don't play, if they don't, if they only have one win against Clemson, then I think uh, Michigan and Auburn both go bumped up. But okay. this is just this is literally they're all going to have the same. It's record. just all hypotheticals. I think Michigan has a chance to play Wisconsin three different times this year. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, Texas and Alabama is my, my first game, and then Wisconsin and Clemson. Who, who are your matchups? Well, I mean, mine. I, no, who, I have who no do idea. You, who not, do you have playing for the national championship? Michigan-Auburn. And so I've got Alabama winning. I've got Michigan winning. You've got Michigan winning. Okay. That's not crazy. That could absolutely happen this year. But – Boy, they would love Shea Patterson up there. Do you think that makes some Ole Miss fans mad? No, I don't think it'll make Ole Miss fans mad because Shea Patterson doesn't make Ole Miss a national championship contender. The teams are nothing alike. No, you're right about that. So, so Ole Miss fans should wish for good things for him. You're right. You're right. All right. So, Alabama national championship for me, That's Michigan for you. Of course, it's predictable. <laughs> Two with the Heisman, right? Not close. Not even close. You're, won't, you're won't bananas. make the podium. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551 226 9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.